Hey, I'm Joey Klein, and I train high achievers in the art and science of personal mastery. We define a high achiever as anyone who wants to better their life and is willing to take action toward making that happen. If you're listening right now, that's clearly you. My show will deliver tips on how to tune up the four key areas of your life, relationship, body health, career money, and inner experience. I'm here to train you to live a life you love, and so let's make it happen. Welcome to our session around vision where we talk about the things we have, right? This can be so fun or, or so not fun depending on how we manage uh, this space in our life and this aspect of creation. And so as we've talked about in previous sessions, and if you missed those sessions, you know, go back, check them out. Uh, we talked about being, there being four aspects to, to vision and vision creation. The foundation of vision is always emotion because the emotions that we experience define the quality of our life, uh, plain and simple. And then, hey, what, what's going on in the mind? What are the quality of my thoughts? Because our thoughts and emotions as they interact together tend to define our inner expression of life and who we are with life or who we bring ourselves as to the life that we're living. And, and that is more important for, for, for fulfillment than anything else. And then the third aspect of vision are the things that we're doing, right? The experiences that we're having, the actions that we're taking in life. Like what are we up to uh, with our days, with our weeks, with our months? Like what, what, what activities are we doing? Um, what are the experiences we're uh, you know, bringing uh, ourselves to in life? And then that brings us to the fourth and final component of vision, which are the things that we have. Most people, they, they attempt to create from the, from the outside in, and they, try, they tend to go to having first, right? They'll create a vision board and they'll go, oh my God, I'm gonna have a, 10 sports cars and I'm gonna have a giant house or three of them. And today it's like everybody thinks they're supposed to have a private island for some reason, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I'm gonna have a plane or I'm gonna have a bunch of land or, you know, we, we, we name all these things that we're thinking to buy and own, right? Which there's nothing wrong with having any and all of those things. Like go for it, have all of it. But make sure you're not thinking that, man, if I acquire this stuff, that it's going to translate to a sense of fulfillment and, and happiness for myself because it just doesn't work that way. If you're, if you're happy and you're fulfilled before you buy any of those things or before you acquire any of that stuff, you're going to be happy and fulfilled. If you're, if you're overwhelmed and anxious and you know, frustrated with life and you buy and you have all that stuff, you're just going to be frustrated and, and have stuff, right? You're just going to be, uh, you know, anxious and have stuff. And, and I've worked with people from all walks of life. So I can say, like, I've worked with people who are at the poverty level, and I've worked with a lot of people who are in the most affluent, top, you know, one of 1% of wealth, you know, billionaires, things of that nature. And I can tell you the, the having the things of life does not translate to increasing happiness in any way after your base needs are met, base needs being truly food, shelter, water, and relationships. Like if you got if you got access to to healthyish food, and you got access to water, and you got access to shelter, and you have people in your life, and and you're not happy and you're not fulfilled, acquiring stuff isn't going to produce that 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 inner wellness, that inner happiness, that inner fulfillment. Um, and so where where do we where how does that space of having uh, live for us. It's like, hey, we need to bring ourselves to the things we're doing, and then let's look at what we're going to own. And I have a, I have a little formula, you know, for that category 
of the things that we own, right, or the things that we, we have, right, our possessions, our things and stuff, as I say. And so the things we have, it's like I have a question that I'll often ask myself, you know, before I, before I make a purchase. And, and today, you know, I feel very grateful uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've created a life where I have the resources where I could buy just about anything I want, okay? But even now, you know, a practice that I started, uh, but I do this even now, but you know, when I started it when I had very little money, like when I was living in a one-bedroom condo and there were months where it was like, I'm $200 short on rent, I'm not sure where it's going to come from. Or, you know, and then I, I got to where, you know, I was able to cover my expenses on a regular and predictable basis and I started having additional money. I would ask myself the question, what, what fulfillment factor does this have, right? So I would start to measure my purchases or the things that I would acquire or, or the things I would have based on what fulfillment factor does this have. And what I mean by fulfillment factor is in, in three months from now or six months from now, is this something that's going to continue to provide a high level of fulfillment or is this something that's a fun purchase now but my fulfillment factor with this thing is going to consistently decrease over time. And so what I mean by that is it's like, I love to mountain bike. It's something I, I enjoy doing. It's an activity that I really love. I love being in nature. I love doing something active. It's like you get this great workout on the way up and it's challenging. And then on the way down, it's like you get a reward. It's like an amusement park ride, right? Like it's the best hour spent, right? Or, or I'll go out for two hours and it's, and it's a super fun time. And so it's like to do that, I need a bike. And so in my mind, it's like, man, if I put some money together and I go purchase a mountain bike that I can use three days a week and I can do it and I can use that bike for years and years and years, that's a high level of, of a fulfillment factor for me because this bike is giving me access to something I'm doing on a regular and consistent basis and, I have, and I'm having a blast. And so that purchase is adding to the quality of my life. Okay, and there are a lot of different types of mountain bikes. Like you can buy a $1,000 mountain bike, you could buy a $12,000 mountain bike. And, and it's interesting because if you can afford a really expensive mountain bike, like that's totally fine, but it's not like your fulfillment factor increases because you're on a more expensive bike, right? Your fulfillment factor doesn't go up because you're still doing the thing that you love. If you can afford the more expensive mountain bike, great, go for it, have a blast, like enjoy it, like that's awesome. But at the same point, if purchasing that expensive mountain bike means it's gonna take away from other things that provide you a level of fulfillment, like let's say you love going out to dinner and you love, love going out to dinners with friends and that's something that you, that you have, that's something you're able to do with your money is go out to dinners and nice restaurants and be with your friends and the purchase of a more expensive mountain bike takes away from your ability to go out with your friends and eat those dinners, it's probably better to have a less expensive bike, continue that activity, and do this other thing you love, which is go out with friends. And so start asking the question whenever you're gonna make a purchase, what will the fulfillment factor of this be in six months, right? It's like you go to purchase a new car and you know, you're at the dealership and you're making your comparisons and all of a sudden you want this car that's $30,000 more that wasn't even in your mind before you went to said dealership. And then you start negotiating with yourself. Well, I was thinking about, you know, a two or $300 payment. Maybe I could pull off 
a six or seven hundred dollar car payment or something like this. And so many people I know, I watch them. It's like they buy a car that they feel excited about for a few weeks, but the fulfillment factor of actually owning that car is a diminishing return over time. And so they spent a lot of money on having something that actually didn't have a high fulfillment factor if we really stop and extrapolate it out six months. And the cost of having that car is taking away from the vacation or the trip or, or other things that they could be doing that would have a higher fulfillment factor for them, right? They bought a car and they paid that car payment for years instead of you know, being able to add to the quality of their child's life and, and maybe take care of their college if that's important to them. And so it's like whatever it is for you, start connecting fulfillment factor to the things that you have. And if you do nothing more than ask this question, you'll make sure that you're owning the stuff that you have and the stuff you have doesn't start owning you. Because the average person today, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're anxious because they're over leveraged, right? They're spending more money than they make, they're taking on debt to have things that actually don't increase their fulfillment factor, right? Especially not, you know, shortly after the purchase. And so then that stuff starts to own us because it becomes our liability. It becomes this thing we have to manage, right? So many people, it's like they buy a house and I totally get it, you need to have shelter, but it's like, man, if we buy a house that the cost of that house is fun and it's exciting for a minute because we love having the new home, but we went so far that it became a stretch for us and now all of a sudden we're not skiing if that's something we love to do. It's like if that house costs you your ski pass and it costs you, you know, 10 trips uh, a year, you know, to go skiing, uh, was the house worth it? Because, you know, that house that you purchased six months later, if you were in a house that cost a little less money, uh, wasn't quite as luxurious or wasn't quite as big, you would be just as fulfilled in it most of the time, but then you would still have access to, you know, four really cool vacations a year or, you know, 10 ski, ski trips a year, or you'd be able to go to New York and, and see, see the symphony, or, you know, uh, you'd be able to go, go to the shows that you love doing or, or things of this nature, right? It's like so often the things that we have start owning us instead of us owning them. And, and one of the best ways and a very easy, easy way to start making sure that you actually own the things you have is ask yourself that question, hey, if I buy this thing, what's the fulfillment factor gonna be six months from now? And if you do your budget, ask the same question as you're doing your budget. When you're looking at, man, I'm gonna put this much money toward uh, you know, my housing costs, or I'm gonna put this much money toward eating out, or I'm gonna put this much money toward my self-development and, and, and developing myself. It's like something I would always ask is, hey, what's the fulfillment factor of this? Like this might be fun for a moment and it's kind of a nice indulgence, but like if I'm not doing it, do I really miss it? If the answer is no, let's allocate those resources toward things that are gonna increase your fulfillment factor. And always, always remember guys, creating from the outside in is never gonna create fulfillment. Nothing you ever own, whether it's a beautiful house or a brand new sports car or you know, new shoes or a closet full of new shoes or like whatever your things are, the things that you have are never going to bring you happiness. And we all know that intellectually, but it doesn't mean that, that we're living that in practical application. We bring our inner expression into the things that we do. We bring our, our state of being to our experiences, 
right? Some of you, as I'm talking about mountain biking, you're like, I couldn't think of anything worse, right? Like, like overwhelm, fear, panic, anxiety shows up inside of you. And so if overwhelm, fear, panic, and anxiety is what you're experiencing while you're mountain biking, that's not going to be so fun. And so we need to learn to go, wait, I'm going to access joy. I'm going to access inspiration or confidence, empowerment, and then I'm going to go mountain biking. And now that's a whole different experience doing the exact same activity. Okay. Same thing. If I feel fulfilled and I'm grateful and I feel inspired and, you know, I purchase a new home and I live in my house, well, then I'm going to know inspiration and fulfillment with that house, right? That's the thing I'm going to bring to it. If I, if I, you know, buy a new mountain bike, if I buy a pair of skis, if I buy a new outfit, if I buy new shoes and I'm in the space as who I am of, of gratitude and inspiration and, you know, fulfillment, well, then I'm going to bring that experience of myself, that expression of myself to the new shoes and to the outfit. And, or, or some people like to buy private jets now, you know, it's like, great, two-year jet. But if you're anxious and overwhelmed as a way of being, if you're, if you're frustrated as a way of being, well, then no matter what you purchase, you're just going to bring that same sense of anger and frustration and overwhelm to the things that you have. Like that hasn't changed the actual quality of your, your inner expression and your experience of life. And so have all the things, right? It's like I always think of three categories in, in many of the trainings that I do with people where it's like, hey, what are the necessities? And then what's most important to you? And then what can you take or leave? And that will help you with that conversation of, hey, what brings me the, the highest level of fulfillment? What purchases are going to have the highest fulfillment factor, not just today, but over time? And depending on your resources, you might have a lot of the take it or leave it list. And you might have none of it, but it won't matter for, for living a life that you love, right? Like this is how you really understand, regardless of your financial wealth, whether you make 50 grand a year or 30 grand a year, or you make a million dollars a year, uh, if we're living from the inside out, you're gonna know fulfillment. If you're, if you're living through a fulfillment equation and not a keep up with the Jones equation, right? Not, a, not an impulse equation, I want this, I have to have it right now, uh, you're going to know a higher quality of life and it gives you the ability to truly design the life that, that you're gonna most appreciate the, and, 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 the, and the life that you're gonna most love living. Creating a life better than you could possibly imagine year after year after year uh, should be the goal, should be the aspiration. And so I hope that this helps. I hope that, that thinking about vision a little bit differently, constructing your life a little differently than I think is usual uh, is helpful for you. And please keep up your training. Uh, so happy that you're here with me right now. Enjoy the rest of your day and truly, truly keep moving toward living a life that you love. Thanks for listening. For ongoing training like this, go to joeyklein.com forward slash blog. That's V-L-O-G. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash joeyklein.ims and on Instagram at the real joeyklein.